Pod. Hello. Pod. I think that, that was pretty close. It was, yeah, but it's still. If if you're not off the gun quick enough, I mean, you've already lost. And I lose. I lose every week. I lose every week unless I cheat. Am I the only one drinking beer? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Let me try this one more time. Hello, Effers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Internet Keith, and welcome to the NFL edition of Football and Other F Words. And we're going to be talking about the Super Sunday that everybody just had. Uh, so, yeah, super excited about that. That was a super game. Tell yeah. you what. Yeah. It was so good, I stood in the kitchen during the entire second quarter. <laughs> and at one point, I looked at my brother and stepdad, and I go, that's right, there's football. <laughs> oh, yeah, I almost forgot. It was like the beef stew. I and then you, came back and you didn't Bowl. miss anything. Whatever the lead singer of Maroon 5's name is, I'll call him Tim Lett. <laughs> <laughs> you missed so. six Johnny Hecker putts. That's what you missed. Okay. Hell of a kitchen. punt, though. Yeah. Great Hell punt. of a punt. Best punt in Super Bowl history. Jim Nance got super excited. For the brand. Uh, as is tradition, I'm joined by some hooligans. I've got uh, Mr. Lebowski, fresh from out the kitchen. Uh, yes. I didn't know I was in the kitchen, but Yes. You just said you were in the yeah, callback. That was a callback. Did I literally just say that? Yeah. You said that with your call mouth Call back to 37 dog. seconds ago. Do you want to just start the music again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm out of the kitchen. Also joining us is uh, Mike Miracles. I'm Mike in the Herndon. kitchen. I'm in the kitchen. He's, a, he's in the kitchen currently. Yeah. He's, co- he's in the kitchen cooking with Dino. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Lebowski is also known as Michael Gillum. I forgot we were using your... your Still out of the kitchen. Still out of the kitchen. <laughs> Don't call him Freddy Kitchens. Nope. No. Just call him. And lastly, but not least, we've got Zebo, fresh from Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Landed a few hours ago. Are you, are you feeling good? Yeah, I feel all right. I yeah. just took a big shit before y'all all got here. So, <laughs> Well, no, I think you were still, you, you walked in mm-hmm. while I was taking a shit. Not mm-hmm. to watch me shit, no, but I'm, well, I didn't have to. the studio okay, and I was <laughs> shitting somewhere else. So you had your own <laughs> yes. Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. Taking a golf. <laughs> Yeah, um, taking a golf. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about everybody's uh, favorite favorite uh, championship game, Super Bowl. Golf, Brady, excellent quarterback play. Yeah, the shootout that we all expected. Do do we want to just start with forty five seconds left in the game because apparently that's the only time. Any- oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Patriots scored with like what? Three minutes left? Yeah, it's like three minutes or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so we'll pick it up from three minutes left in the game. <laughs> three to three after 57 minutes of exciting football. So I don't know what the odds were that if you were to bet going into, half, going into halftime, if it was going to be three points all scored, yeah. what what that was. Like what uh, the odds were. Because I know uh, it was. Some, it had to have been astronomical. Some crazy asshole made a bet in Vegas, took one of those wild. It was almost like a prop bet. Yeah. That the score would be tied with two field goals going into the fourth quarter. Wow. That is what crazy. Turned some, I don't even want to make the beginning bet up, but he turned like a ridiculously paltry sum of funds into like a hundred grand. It was, <laughs> it was, if you bet $1 that Brady's first throw was going to be an interception, which I almost did, you would have won $2,500 off of $2. Wow. Because that's how crazy it was. And I was looking through the prop bets because uh, some people next to us, he had bet on the game. Mm-hmm. They were Titans fans as well, and um, they mm-hmm. didn't really have a rooting interest, so they just bet for the Patriots to win. So I kind of went through the prop bets, 
and saw that that was his first row. That's what it was. And sure enough, it was. And I was like, shit, I should have fucking bet. See, this is that's why I hate gambling, because I see other people doing well at a bet that I'm like, that's a <laughs> that's a simple choice to make. And then next thing I know, I've literally like given my shirt to somebody in the casino. And <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, for example, I was watching it with friend of the pod, Matthew Smith. He placed uh, some some fun Cheetos on uh, on the fact that the Gladys Knight um, national anthem was going to go longer than, I think, what was it, three minutes? Yeah, yeah, I think one, it, it's like well, 110 seconds or something it was like, like that. Yeah. I think it ended up being like 150 seconds or something. And it was like, oh, my God, this makes the national anthem so much more interesting. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of controversy about that because apparently when she did, like, she sang Brave like three times. Yes. And it, depending on whether you stop the song after you sing Brave the first time mm-hmm. or the third time was whether or not the un- over or under well, one. And she yeah. started a little late. Uh, as well by like two or three seconds as far as the music was playing before she actually started singing. They yeah. had some kind of weird, yeah. pre- at least in, in the stadium, some weird preamble music that I've never heard for the national anthem. Okay, so let's let's run with that concept for a second. I was about to argue that if the last note cuts off, that's the end of the song, but if you go see the Avengers movie and you walk out without seeing the credits or post credit scenes, have you seen the whole movie? No, mm. and you may have not. But you saw the film until yeah. the credits ran. Yeah, yeah. You saw. So the if whole you heard movie. the word "brave" and you said, "I'm done," go fuck yourself. <laughs> I won the bet. Yeah, it's kind of like you know if you're watching a TV show, you know, same concept, and you don't wait for the uh, next week on, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. teaser. Yeah. Which technically on Hulu you... and Netflix they don't do the next week teaser, so they don't Ooh. consider that a part of the episode. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I hate when shows or just going all the rails here, but I hate when shows <laughs> tack that shit on on Netflix. I was watching Luther, which is a British kind. Oh yeah, yeah they, they do. They those. British tack shows it on. Do that. Yeah, British shows tack it on to ah. the end, and, and Netflix packages because that up. it's on. They do that while the credits are running still. Yeah. So that so they are showing the credits are down below it and they're showing the clips as as it goes. That's but cheating. yeah, Luther does that. That's like that's like Gladys Knight being drugged <laughs> off the stage, still singing, <laughs> and a ref's going, "The song is over. That's the end of the half. The song is over." Gladys Knight's throwing the red flag. <laughs> America wins again. Uh, our podcast dog has just thrown a large bone arm on the floor. I'm not even going to explain that one. I'm just going to tweet a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, um, uh, I mean, what? It, let me ask you guys, because I was there in person, so I have a different experience because I enjoyed pretty much the whole game and the halftime show. And I've heard that people are calling the halftime show one of the worst halftime shows ever. And I'm thinking, okay, well, Madonna played in 2012, and I was there for that one, and that one sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so was it bad on TV? I hated the halftime really? show on TV. I thought Adam Levine sounded terrible. Like yeah. I, I thought, it, like regardless of whether or not you like Maroon 5's yeah. music, I thought his voice sounded like shit. Really? Because yeah. it sounded really good in person. Yeah. I was actually pretty impressed that he was hitting the notes that he was hitting in really? person. Yeah, I, 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 I got a know. different experience. And, yeah. and he played a lot of the old Maroon 5, and I was singing along with the old Maroon 5. Now, I don't know much about, except for the chorus of the new ones, because yeah. you hear them fucking everywhere right um but when big boy came out i had to explain to someone who big boy was in front of me <laughs> that's that's not okay and that's, it, it that's was a bad. high school girl and, I'm, oh. and I, so i told her i said you have to go on spotify and listen to all of outcast stuff if you haven't and she's like oh I've, you know i've heard of outcast okay well sh- then you should know who fucking big boy is yeah and she what? asked in the middle of the of him rapping the way you move 
and and I'm rapping along with it, so she totally kills my vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I was nailing it, and sometimes I don't get to nail it. <laughs> yeah, and and I was just I was you know you know few beers in, and I was just I was killing it. So it was like for the bill ad killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, so it didn't translate. Big Boy was the only good part of that. Yeah. I like Big Boy for me. Part the best, and, and I think it should have been inverted. I I think there's way too much Adam Levine and way too little Big Boy and Travis Scott. Like I they, was they really hoping for an Andre, you know, Benjamin to show up. So that would have been good. It, and it, all right, Maroon Five. What's his name? Adam Levine. Adam Levine. Ted Lett. You see how much I, Ted Lett. I'm California shirt. California yeah. chest. Jonathan Huntley. So <laughs> when he popped that shirt off, are we? I mean. Oh, I said was that a conscious decision? Like that shirt was coming off. Oh yeah, he, oh, yeah, he, 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 he does do a think... lot of his concerts shirtless. I've seen that, so I was like, "Well, this is." Oh, I've seen God. pictures of him shirtless at concerts, and I'm thinking, and when he comes out and he's got shirt on, I'm thinking, "Well, that's not what I was expecting." Expecting that shirt to come off. Zebo's <laughs> Google search history is yeah. littered with Adam Levine shirtless. Somebody, I mean, just littered. Somebody Wait. on Twitter today. <laughs> So he's got what California tattooed yeah. on his on his stomach. <laughs> Someone on Twitter today, dude with a huge gut drinking a beer, took a picture and he had written he had written Illinois on his gut. <laughs> <laughs> just, he was like, Well fuck it, we're repping each state. So uh yeah, no, I just figured maybe he was gauging the crowd and he was like, yeah, let's go ahead and pop this shirt off. <laughs> I thought uh when, right when he did it, I turned to Lauren, I go, What a slut. <laughs> well, I, I'm not gonna lie. That's what I thought. I thought, uh, that's why I thought maybe he made a conscious decision of, yeah, yeah, we're going to pop did, this bad Did boy the off. lights translate well on TV that it, flew up? Because that was pretty the awesome. Lanterns, the lanterns, yeah, the lanterns. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I, I thought the light really show, cool. the production was super cool. I yeah. just, yeah. I didn't like. This music. is where I got into it with my family a little bit because they were saying so they're lighting these lanterns and releasing them in the stadium. No. I was like, no, they're drones. Yeah. yeah. And I was getting criticized. Like, how do you know they're drones? I'm like, what is the flip side here? <laughs> they're lighting lanterns with candles and l- releasing, just landing on people in the stadium. People are catching on fire. And they just like, so happen to say love. Yeah. Like, they go and they turn well, different I mean, colors. Yeah, exactly. I was vindicated once they started spelling shit. <laughs> but as they were just floating, like, half the room was not on my side. Half so, the room do was... Do you remember the great fire of Atlanta that was started exactly. by the Super Bowl? Yeah, we're, doing another, we're doing another... Atlanta Fire. It's a it's a run back. I'm pretty sure there was some kind of like bullfight in the 1800s where someone was like, you know what, we're doing lanterns tonight, and it turned into a real fucking problem. Uh, Unsurprisingly, my least favorite part of it was Travis Scott because I don't know any of his songs and I could not understand anything he was trying to fucking say or rap. Well, on on TV, (laughs) half of it was bleeped on TV. The production was great. I mean, the the production of it all, the fire and the flames from our angle was really cool, and how they just put together. Hundreds and hundreds of people pushing this stage together, but you know, before it starts and all that kind of stuff was awesome. And them yeah. setting up everything, and they brought out the, they didn't bring out the they brought out the lanterns while he was performing, and they all set him down in the dark. I mean, it was wow. it was pretty impressive. So, but Travis Scott and nobody in the crowd really got the the SpongeBob reference that and so, so all yeah, that. there was. Do you know about it? Yeah, about yeah. the whole like online thing to yeah. have him sing "Sweet Victory" or whatever, and then they just didn't do anything. <laughs> they just like, teased the shit out of it. The, the, the people in the crowd <laughs> did on. not understand it, no. and it's, I, a, it's we, very we, niche. Yeah, yeah we saw the TV. What you all saw on TV, they they display that onto the uh, circular monitors. So we saw where y'all saw the asteroid hitting, and then the asteroid and all this stuff was 
still hitting inside the stadium. We yeah. saw that. I mean, it looked cheesy on my end. Uh, it yeah, looked, it, it looked bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, everything else, I really enjoyed it. The thing that was the worst was during the Travis Scott performance was uh, – Adam Levine, not instead of getting out of the fucking way and letting the guy do yeah. his thing, he was sitting there bouncing around doing what I've seen referred to as like the dad dance. <laughs> yeah, he's just awkwardly dancing with a guitar like over his back as yeah. if he's like gonna do anything. Yeah, with that it. I did see that and I was like, that is that is kind of random. Like, why yeah. is he even there? Just get, yeah, get just away. Get away from Travis Scott and let Travis Scott do this. Yeah. Well, and the the bleep things. It, I don't know how many words he said that couldn't be aired on CBS, but they were long. I, at yeah. one point, I remember actually reaching for the remote to see if I'd accidentally muted it. A lot of it. people did that. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, it was just him saying bad words. Right. It's just yeah. him saying football and other ref words. It was like yeah. a George R. R. Martin chapter at some point that got muted. I was like, bless. What, yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. I think he was just rating and reviewing our last uh, podcast live on uh, yeah. on the Super Bowl stage, and they didn't want to share it. Absolutely. It disappointing, CBS. So that was Travis Scott. So yeah. so halftime was underwhelming. Is halftime sucked. Half I mean, time, half, okay, so JT was from way our, better From our that. perspective, yes, it sucked. From the, <laughs> from the NFL's perspective, they were like, nobody yeah, kneeled. Who cares? That was as <laughs> safe fine. as it, it we gets. We got through it again. Okay. Yeah, no I, boobies no. came out. <laughs> I was joking around with my family the second uh, whatever's face is, Timothy Face, uh, t- took his uh, shirt off. <laughs> Timothy Face. I said, someone at CBS is sweating, and there's just an old guy at the FCC <laughs> sitting next to him, and he's just all just old and disgruntled going, the second he reaches for that belt, it's over. <laughs> I'm pulling the feed, Johnson, do you hear me? It's over if he reaches for that belt. But yeah, uh, it, yeah it just once that shirt came off, I was like, okay, all right, is this uh, it's about to go Magic Mike or how far is he going to take this? Who was your favorite like halftime performer mm. that you can remember? I think mine was probably Bruno. I re- I'm, I really good. liked Katy Perry's. Katy Perry's, Katy Perry's all, was really you. good. Yeah. I thought Katy Perry's was phenomenal. It was great. Giant robot tigers. And that the stupid left, left shark. shark. Left shark, so right shark. I mean, her so music good. was perfect for a halftime show. Listen, yeah. you want to get into shit stuff that I had to sit through? We'll talk about Tim McGraw later. Ooh. <laughs> Just, uh, I mean, we'll get into Tim McGraw. But I, I am a big Katy Perry fan. Katy Perry and I don't classic. remember the Prince one. I've only seen Prince clips of Prince. Prince, Prince, Prince was great. Prince The rain and everything. Yeah, but I mean, the ones that I remember... I'm putting Katy Perry up there. I think Bruno Mars is probably uh, close second. Yeah, Bruno Mars, but he was like in a collaboration one. With it, Red Hot Chili Peppers, right? Is that it was Chili Peppers, Bruno Mars, and Beyonce, I want to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. And that was a really good show overall, but I think Bruno Mars could headline see, one. And that's I, where, I would love to see like that. Him being short, though, it's really distracting when he's <laughs> on stage with backup dancers taller than him. To me, it's just... It is just distracting to the point where it's hard for me to enjoy Bruno Mars. Well, and I, I love Bruno Mars. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't like collaboration mix-ups yeah. at the Super Bowl. I think it's too much. It's like they already have a limited amount of time that they've got to perform. That's why I, I enjoyed the Katy Perry one because of just the ridiculousness with the sharks and the robots yeah. and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But and hell, and Lady, they pulled Lady it Gaga off was pretty yeah, good too. That one yeah, was pretty was good. Coming down from and the, they pulled it all off flawlessly with a, no tiger malfunction and eight people right, or, yeah. you know, just killed over and just you destroy a whole section of the stadium. Yeah. That guy's <laughs> leg when he was spinning in a circle yeah. somehow and it didn't even like fall off. That was the, cool. The missed opportunity to me though is like Anna, Atlanta does have like a rich musical history or you know they I mean you could have gotten 
two or three Atlanta rappers together and had a way better show and had it been way more unique well, to yeah, Atlanta. Right, though? Isn't yeah, that the you, whole thing? I mean, Big that Boy got, is. Well, no, like, no. Isn't that why Maroon 5. There's a lot what, of there's because a lot of heat. Yeah, because of all the the people that turned them down because they're the Colin Kaepernick thing is still uh, out there. Okay, yeah. I, think I didn't. That's I didn't realize happened. that. It yeah. is, yeah. and I mean, I, we we won't get into that yeah. for obvious reasons. We don't want to turn our podcast into this, but yes, there is a reason why there was only Big Boy that was performing, and why a lot of rappers and and performers of color turned it down. If you want to go look it up, by all means, go do it. But at the end of the day, that's the reason why they ended up with the with the two acts that they had. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like Mike's idea, but I see that going off the rails pretty quickly too, because the NFL is probably gauging what they can safely do. And that's the reason why I made the comment of from the NFL's perspective, they probably walked away from that halftime going, There it is, Johnson, successful. Who gives a <laughs> shit if they forget it? But you know, I mean Well, Ludacris was in the crowd. Jermaine Dupree was in the crowd. I'm sure there were a few others that they didn't show or didn't know to show. They kept showing Taron Killian, but never told anybody that's who it was. And I'm looking <laughs> at Lauren. I go, they're they're showing Taron Killian again. And I don't think they actually knew that's who it was. So did and Kimmy Schmidt was there? Uh, uh, Kemper, yeah. Ellie Kemper. Oh, yeah. She was there. They never showed though. A bunch of the comedy celebrities for whatever reason. They showed Steve Harvey. Jermaine Dupree. I don't even think we got a Bon Jovi sighting on in the stadium. Did y'all he's get one on usually, TV? He's usually in the Patriots. Yeah, we didn't get Bon Jovi. So, so CBS didn't pull the Fox maneuver and show you the entire cast of God Friended Me. No. They just <laughs> happened to know where they're sitting. Oh, weird. They're all oh, just sitting there dressed are. up and in character. Weird. But Lud- how, Ludacris would have been awesome to be. Oh, yeah. I, if he was oh, the, he the sole halftime show, I would have been okay with Ludacris being the sole halftime show. Yeah, yeah that would have been fantastic. Why can't we just have a Trick Daddy Ying Yang Twins halftime show. I don't well, don't give me the go. logistics. Let's do it. Don't give me the logistics <laughs> of twins, how disgusting uh, it would well, be. Well, the Ying Yang Twins performed either at halftime or the pregame show of the Saints game, the uh, Saints Rams game. Oh, they, they were the they were the pregame or the halftime entertainment. I want to know Being what the ones. edited version of the Whisper song sounds like. <laughs> I really, really need to know. Probably a lot like the tra- most of the Travis Scott performance. Probably, large, yeah. large gaps in lyrics. They're just going to start off with "Come here," and that's it. <laughs> hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Dead air. End of song. <laughs> End of song. Roll uh, credit. Yeah. So let's commercials. I know you saw a few in the stadium, but we're. Otherwise, unable to watch the NFL 100 one they showed. That was the crowd awesome. loved that was, it. That yeah. was a good one. That was and very, I very, went very back well and watched it again today because you know it, the crowd's all laughing and talking. You miss a lot of the good jokes and stuff. And mm. it, it it was a really well done yeah. commercial. Yeah, it was excellent. I yeah, thought my home snow would uh, pass. I could have done yeah. without the little girl, but you know. Well, she's what the first woman coach or something like that. Was that no, the, no, the girl no, who catches the, the football? Yeah, the one that jukes Roger. Did she win Sherman? like the punt pass catch competition? Yeah, I think so. oh, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mean, know I the story behind had, it. I figured there had to be an NFL tie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, what was the other uh, the other the oh? So let's talk first about the uh, CBS lead-in with um what was uh with Peyton Manning and. Uh, did y'all oh, see John that? Malkovich. And John they, that's Malkovich. That's the one they played that oh, we didn't my hear God. a lot because everybody was so just good. raucous at y'all, that point. Y'all didn't no, see that. I missed oh, that. It was so good. Y'all, y'all, y'all should look it up. It was great. Okay. It has something to do with John Malkovich calling back in and like he's Facetiming Peyton <laughs> in some commercial or whatever, <laughs> and he just starts screaming and ranting about something. I'm like, man, I really wish I could hear this commercial because it, it looks was, awesome. I did. Yeah, I did really like good. the 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 Amazon commercial was very good. 
I saw that, that one. Which, Which one was failed, that one? The failed products, like yeah. the they had the the dog collar. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The yeah. dogs are not ordering food, and then they had the uh, the hot tub one that plays music, and it blasts the girls out of the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that commercial was really good. I, I, I like the uh, Paul Rudd um, elevator commercial. I can't remember Jason what the Bateman, product Jason was. Bateman, J- uh, that's yeah. right, Jason Bateman. Jason. Yeah, Bateman. that was very good. Yeah. yeah, and it was funny as I was talking about that commercial with the people next to us because they're they're car people, and we were talking about car customer service. Yeah, and I would say, well, <laughs> funny you mentioned it. There's this commercial that's going to air today i don't know you know what we'll see or what we won't see and it's got jason bateman he's taking you through all these hellish you know landscapes and like (laughs) there's root canals and this and that and then they show that car buying experience is like worse than all that (laughs) but apparently you know the hyundai shop insurance or whatever it is yeah yeah. oh that's right that's what that was but then you bought a honda yeah it was, <laughs> I'm sorry, but anyways, um, it will decrease in value as soon as you drive drive it off the lot by ten thousand dollars. <laughs> forgive forgive us, future sponsors, Hyundai. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, we love you. So I think I I have no data to back this up, but I kind of feel like in the day days of internet and social media and having a smartphone in front of you, I really feel like Super Bowl commercials have gone downhill from where they were five to even ten years. Oh ago. no, You're, doubt. You, yeah, it's com- not. It's not the yeah. forgive the terrible pun Super Bowl of Super Bowl commercials anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and they a lot of them are starting to release it before the Super Bowl. So what's the point in yeah. spending millions of dollars? It's like Black for, Friday for that, and then putting it on the internet before you even like. I watched Amazon's that day, yeah, yeah. and then I watched the uh, the Jason Bateman one that day before the Super Bowl, and I'm thinking, well, what's the point in spending millions of dollars if you're just gonna put it on the internet and get the same result? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like a couple weeks ago, I was all hyped up to think there was a sequel to The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then that tease. No, they played flat. that commercial, and that commercial did not go Not only well. was the commercial garbage, which I'm not going to get into it here. <laughs> if you listen to Midday 180, I might go off on it Wednesday. But um, <laughs> they released the commercial like four days before the Super Bowl. So have what's the, full the point? Like, yeah, I, why I just don't have get teasers it. for commercials if you're going to release them early and all this kind of stuff? It's just what you said about since you can watch the commercials before they air for the Super Bowl. And I noticed even um, Vanity Fair and another, I think Wired Magazine had the entire lineup of the commercials before the Super Bowl with links that you could click on to watch them all. And I was like, yeah, well, this is really stupid. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I really feel like the Super Bowl actual, yes, they want to capture the 100. 60 million people that tune in and watch it, but it's a lot like every other product we have well, these days where it, that's not your only opportunity to consume it. Well, and you're spending millions upon millions of dollars in ad revenue to have a Super Bowl commercial, and you pretty much just you just shot yourself in the fucking face. I mean, that's I mean what you did when you're putting it on the internet before that even happens. Now nobody's really turning it to... Nobody's going to pay attention when they see your commercial because they'll be like, oh, you can, I've already saw that commercial. Yeah. So what's the point of even paying well, you, that money? Well, you still saw the commercial is yeah, the but I mean, point. But you can see it on the internet. So why spend the, why spend the millions of dollars to put it on the TV when you could just put it on the internet? I think part of it is the cachet of having a Super Bowl commercial that people will seek out to yeah. watch versus having to like – Try to the movie you know, waterboard you with too it. this year. Did anybody else notice uh, that? Except for Game of Game of Thrones uh, Bud Light that. commercial. Oh, that was, was excellent. One. That was really good. 
And then uh, we've got to talk about the Bud Light corn syrup commercial. Which apparently has pissed off half the country. Big corn is not happening. We live in a day and age where apparently anything makes a large group of people mad now. The the video that uh, I shared, I think you you posted on it too, Lebowski, of this guy, he's a corn farmer, and he's looking into a camera. First, he's in his bathroom sink. And not in a kitchen sink, which I don't know why you would bring all your beer into the bathroom with you to pour it out. But shower beer, dude. Anyway, he has four, <laughs> all of his shower beer. <laughs> he has four beers, and they're like in the bottom of the bathroom sink, and he is pouring one out. But it is very clearly water and not beer that he's pouring yeah. out. Like that's already been drunk, and he's filled it up with water to pour it out to make a point. Yes, gotcha. and uh, yeah, he's like uh, uh, Bud Light. If you don't stand with us. Us, we won't stand with you or something like that. And I I'm cannot like, wait to watch this. I think he was, oh, think he was sitting on the it's couch with his awful. buddies. He thought, I've got a pretty good thirsty drink here I could blast out. <laughs> and he knew he had to go do this in the bathroom because if he were to do that in the kitchen, the second he gets out, if you don't stand with corn farmers, one of his buddies back there, go, shut the fuck up, Carl. Get in here and watch the game. Tweeting out that political shit. It was dumping it was your water out of your can. So He's stupid. had 14 of them, Bud Light. <laughs> Boycotting shit. And it, so he said he was going to boycott buffets. Been doing that shit about 14 years in a row. <laughs> Diabetes my ass. So, but what is the deal with corn syrup? Are we not supposed to like corn syrup? Is corn syrup bad for us? No, what? see, and that's the point I'm making. I it's, thought it was bad for us. It's, it's, it's bad enough that we have such political division. You can literally get pissed off about anything. Like, just think think about the premise of Bud Light's commercial last night, which I liked, by the way. I thought it was pretty it funny. It was good. And They're it got basically their point call, Yeah, they called out two massive breweries and said, yeah. you're making beer with corn syrup. Has anybody here at this table admittedly thought about the fact that beer could possibly be made with corn syrup? Not at all. I, I didn't did even not. think it was supposed to be. I exactly. Was like <laughs> exactly. Zach just fucking nailed it. So there's the thing. All of us are thinking the same thing. That sounds terrible. That sounds not like something well, I want to consume in beer. Which two beer companies was it? Miller Lite Miller and Coors Light. And Coors Light. The, they're two yeah. biggest competitors. The two biggest competitors. Yeah. So all of a sudden, now we're upset about some shit that we had no idea that we were upset now, about. Now we're just Googling yeah. corn, uh, now, corn syrup well, now, health risks. Yeah. Now, yeah. Fucking, now I'm kind of glad they didn't have Coors Light last <laughs> night. at the. Uh, they ran out Coors Light even before the game started, or they you, didn't have it in the keg. You could be dead right now yeah. if you yeah. And apparently that. now we've pissed off big corn. Yeah. Big, Big corn's corn. all up in that shit. Bud Light versus everybody. Well, now yeah. I want to know the effects of corn syrup in conjunction with how bad your hangover could be or Ooh, how less I, it could be. Good hey, news. God, we may not want to go down this path. Because Next podcast is going to be all corn syrup. <laughs> all corn syrup talk. We're going to get to the bottom of this shit. We're going to drink nothing but <laughs> corn syrup. <laughs> I'm going to be it, sick next week. It's a football <laughs> and other F-words mystery podcast. Corn yeah. syrup and the pickle slushies from Sonic. I'm calling out. Perfect. I'm eventually, calling out right now. Eventually, the boycott of our show is going to get so bad, it's going to be called Corn Pod and other C-words. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to apologize and dump out water. And Well, speaking of commercials, we, uh, we got to stop for one real quick. So we're going to take a break and be right back. All right. So anybody else want to talk about anything corn related? No. Or do you want to move on to the wonderful punning exposition we, we just watched? We, why are we being too corny? No, oh God, just end we it. Talk just about end the, it we can talk about the Rams getting their cornhole kick. <laughs> do you think we've shelled that enough? Have we ripped the husk off? Is I it time to lo- harvest? I got a lot of interesting kernels about the Super Bowl. Let yeah. me bend your ears. No. <laughs> bend your ears, God. 
We should just end it now. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's over. There's um, nowhere to go from we've here. We popped that kernel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of kernels, Brett Kern would have been jealous of this Super Bowl. Yeah, he uh, would have. Did anybody see if he tweeted anything? No. I don't think so. Yeah, was was were Brett Kern and Batman if he just rolling on the floor just <laughs> losing it? Well, I they did some really cool stuff. I, and this will go into let's us talking about the game a little bit. They had real time next gen stats get posted oh, up really? on the thing, and That's they had cool. these they had these interesting uh, nuggets of information about this was the first time something like this happened. Like, for example, one of them was... Kernels of information? Kernels <laughs> of information. From 2007 to 2017, only two top two scoring offenses were shut out in first halves of playoff games. The Patriots shut out the Chiefs, number one, and Rams, number two, this postseason. So they did it twice. Wow. I mean, they, they did stuff like that all the time. That's one of the only ones I took a picture of, or I had, actually had to have Lauren take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. But they had the... Edelman route trees that he ran and completions and everything, oh, just like you cool. see on Next Gen Stats. I mean, they were doing it real time. And seeing Edelman's was very impressive. And we don't have to argue whether Edelman is a Hall of Famer or whatever, because that's apparently the trendy thing we to do. We should just tell everyone that he's not. Yeah. And yeah, he's dumb if you think But that. that does not take away <laughs> from the fact that, yes, this, this whole postseason, Edelman has put on a, a clinic on a how to just get open, and I I don't – from our perspective, every time he was open, everybody in our section said, how the fuck is Edelman wide open? Like, how is that even possible when he's really the one you got to watch for? Yeah, he was basically the yeah. Patriots' only weapon that was doing Brock anything. Was I feel like good. I said Gronkowski that multiple times during the Chiefs moments. game as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, how the yeah. fuck is he open? Yeah. And he is forever open. I mean, even yeah, when uh, the Titans played the Patriots this season, Edelman was the only one that hurt the Titans. I mean, obviously he didn't hurt them much, you know, in that game, but Edelman is forever open in the middle of the field, he's, and it's just an he's unbelievable. He's the T.Y. Hilton of their team. Like, yeah. why is he open? Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. is he out there by himself? And, and you got to think, and when he was open, it's like the Rams were like, Shocked. He was. They were just like when he got the ball. I saw numerous times defenders just kind of were like, before they even tried to tackle him, we're like, what? How? How is he open? Like yeah. I, I mean, I saw that live, so I can imagine the frustrations if you're a Rams fan or the Jubilee if you're a Patriots fan, seeing that happen constantly and why they didn't do it more often. Well, and the crazy thing is with Edelman, his speaking next gen stats. His average separation at time of uh, catch was over three yards during the game, and considered open in the by NFL standards is one yard. Yeah. So he was like three times more open than like what an open receiver really and, is. And so he's three, on average, he's three yards, got three yards of separation. So he's open off three yards. Uh, Calvin from one hundred two five, uh, the producer who does the stat pack on Bucks Monday show. He came up with this, uh, some big math equation to talk about separation and how much it does. He came, he came up with this thing for every yard of separation as a receiver, you are going to have a, 10 per, uh, a roughly a 10% better chance to catch the ball. So we're talking about roughly 30% chance better that Edelman's going to catch the ball every time he gets those separations. But for Edelman, it's almost a 100% chance he's going to catch the fucking ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. So – the next gen stats. Do we know how they track that? Do they have a chip in their helmet, in their shoulder jersey, pads. shoulder pads? Shoulder pads yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's I didn't know that. I, I really yeah. wish 
the NFL would fully embrace that and even have it to where, like, I, I don't know how you would implement it in the broadcast, but say, like, NFL Red Zone or something, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool to have a stat panel up there or something just to... Well, I mean, they obviously Or even, like a, smart, like, a smartphone app or something so that you, if you're really that into the team or the stats or something like that, I, I would like that. Well, I mean, yeah. I yeah. was very surprised that they were doing it live no that kind of that kind of surprises me too i i don't know what extra information you might gain out of that from and a defensive or offensive package but you got to think if coaches look up there like hmm edelman seems to run that route a lot or whatever the hell it is you know and i right. i would feel like that would be troubling to me if i'm the team's offense that that shit's well, up on the it, scoreboard it was weird and uh and one of my big complaints from the production th- standpoint from being there live was that they tried to play music to get the crowd hype or whatever I cannot tell you how many times they played uh, Party Up by DMX, which an ungodly amount of times, and I'm a DMX (laughs) fan. For them to play it that much and annoy the shit out of me, it's very, very odd. But they were getting to the line so quick that you wouldn't even really get to the up in here, up in here. It would already be cut (laughs) off. And I'm looking at Lauren, I'm like, what's the point of even playing these songs with lyrics if they're just going to cut them off and just not get the full vibe of the song? That's, they were so, playing so, those between plays. Yeah. So that's it was very really weird. Strange. And it was that song. I mean, that's really the only song I remember them playing. Oh, they played uh, the uh, Seven Nation Army a few times. Yeah. But it never could get into a groove. And it goes back to your thing. I don't think coaches had time to even look up at the, at the next-gen stats because they were – it seemed like th- – Everything was going by a lot quicker in this Super Bowl. Well, at least can, live it did. I can tell you from previous experience from going down to Atlanta sporting events that the last time I saw a Braves game is when Try to Catch Me Riding Dirty was very popular, <laughs> and they played it for every damn thing that happened on the field. Oh Someone gosh. stole a base. Try to catch me riding dirty. <laughs> Somebody hit a single. Try to catch me. Like, it was by the third quarter period breaks. What, what are in Innings. baseball? Innings. Innings. God, I hate baseball. <laughs> By the third inning, I was just like, stop Briggs? trying to catch me riding dirty. Did you say Briggs? Briggs? Is that no. what you said? Oh. I said periods. Breaks. Third oh, breaks. 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 I thought you said Briggs. Is there like... even a sport that has <laughs> breaks? <laughs> We're going to start it. Oh, We're going to start a new sport. This is awful. Um, Fight all right, so let me, let me ask you about the circular scoreboard thing. Because as badass as that stadium looks, I can't help but think that that looks like a pain in the ass to look at. It wasn't. Listen, you and someone warned us. They said, it doesn't matter where your seats are. You're going to be looking up at that more than you are anything else. Mm. And I've been to a Dallas game. Yeah. That was a pain in the ass. Cause yeah. That seemed like it was just a constant eyesore. It's this, impossibly the, distracting. Yeah, the way Dallas. that this is done, I was watching the game uh, live on the field, <clears throat> but... It, it's done to where it's not distracting and it's very clear. And because it's circular, they, it's not one, it's not like at the Lexus Lounge. And I know not many people are going to get this reference where you're sitting in front of it and it looks stretched. Right. Mm-hmm. They actually have it cut up into squares. And this one square, it's like four squares. And the four squares right here, you can see from anywhere. And okay. then the other four are in a different pattern on the other side. So you are going to be able to see, you're not going to see the same square twice or stretched out. It's like four different T. If you had four different TVs showing four different things, one shows the play on the field, one shows next gen stat, one shows play on the field and one shows a different kind of stat. Uh, Okay. So it it wasn't, it wasn't, it was the stadium is amazing. Uh, The stadium looks huge. It looks, it looks, 
it's huge on the cavernous. outside. Like it looks and, cavernous in there. Yeah, it's it's big, and I I really don't know how to describe the enormity of it. Other than I don't think there's a bad seat in the house because I think it's stretched out. Like you say, it's very cavernous. I yeah. think it's stretched out perfectly for everything that you need to really be able good. to enjoy a game. It's it's my favorite NFL stadium so far of all the redesigns besides Minnesota's. I think yeah. Minnesota's is just it too is damn cool. The, the nice, roof yeah. is a butthole. It looks just like a butthole. <laughs> I saw your video of the butthole opening. Yeah. Yeah. It looks just like a butthole. And uh, the... Um, uh, the inside, <laughs> just like a butthole, Keith. Just like, uh, just what like it? It. South Texas Titans tweet uh, yeah. said uh, like four Bell. hours after eating Taco Bell. Oh. <laughs> the uh, four, the four minutes. <laughs> it's easy to get up and down the rows as far as the angle that they had built the stadium and the rows in, and you don't ever feel like you're about to tumble over. Or you're you're crawling over people. Yeah, but. At least in our corner of the end zone, the it's only one way. Like if you are wanting to go up and you see people coming down, you're fucked. There's mm. nowhere for you to go. It's very very small in that little sliver. But they have plenty of concession stands in a row. They have plenty of beer. I mean, to get to the bar, you have to pass through about five or six just like beer vendors, and then you get to a bar or whatever and get. More selection, but you can get Bud Light, Bud Light Lime, anywhere. What are what are the concourses like? Uh, they are they're they're wide. Uh, they're, everything's on one side, so there's not. There may be a few beer vendors uh, and a few food things, but it's not a constant thing. And they're they're wide enough that you really don't have to you know fumble over people. A lot of bathrooms. Internet was really good there. I read that they had uh, 1,400 something Wi Fi access points there, Jesus. which is 500 more than the next closest one in the NFL. Yeah, which is oh. exactly 1,400 more than the Titan Stadium. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they have four fiber cables running through there. So one can do almost a whole neighborhood. They have four in a in, in running into that stadium. That you hear that, Comcast? Through. The stadium has four of them. Yeah. My neighborhood has one. You find a way to fuck it up once a month. <laughs> the uh, they they the souvenir cups they're about four to five dollars, and there are free refills for soda. They have soda fountain machines, and they're they're anywhere around the stadium. So if you buy them on one side of the stadium, you're gonna be able to refill anywhere. Nice, and that was really nice. Everything was really cheap and affordable. It's it really seems like if. More stadiums did this. The NFL would wouldn't have as much an attendance problem, even if your team was bad. I, the more more, I think they just started raising our prices at uh, Titans again this season. They raised our prices recently. Yeah, and I'm kind of thinking, well, you're not lowering anything else. Why are you raising these prices? We are already the sixth highest uh, team in the NFL for cost for a family of four to go to, and we're not that good. Oh, I yeah. mean, we're not we're not an exciting watch, and it's not a great stadium experience, and we've already you know been through that. But the and it's a relatively small market, you know. Right. It's not this like you just are going to roll the ball out there, and ten you know hundred thousand Green Bay fans are going to be like, yeah, please let me in. I would right. I would thoroughly enjoy going to Falcons games all the time. Awesome. I mean, I I think they they did it right. They hit the nail on the head. They they did the Cowboys thing where they do have suites down at the field level and stuff. Uh, 
but everything is just so at a at a perfect angle inside the stadium that I just don't think you have a bad seat in the house. Nice. Interesting. Very nice. Um, did you want to talk about the uh, perceived unfairness that you saw? <clears throat> well, whenever the Rams were on third down on offense, they the stadium played your Patriots or your Patriots defense in a big third down. So and yeah, so let's I want, before you go too far yeah. down that path, and I don't mean to cut you off here. Yeah. This was something that we talked about right before we turned the mics on. And and Mike, I'll, I'll key into this. I, you know, when we had our podcast talking about the London game, mm-hmm. I went into it kind of expecting, I don't know how the hell they would do this, but expecting that since this is a neutral site field game, even though they have an away and a, a four team, that there was going to be some sort of, at least a semblance of a balance. And I was a little disappointed to see that since the Chargers were the home team, they all but ignored the Titans. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine, I get it. But I never really pondered the fact of the home or away team for the Super Bowl and how they would do this. And th- that's where Zach's about to go with this. And so if I'm you're not- listening to this and you've never really kind of thought about that, this is actually a little interesting. Like, did the NFL just make a conscious decision to roll with the Patriots' dominance because their fan base was dominating the stadium or what? But by, by all means, go nuts, because well, I'm it, interested in hearing this. It was a, even if they didn't plan it to be that way, The at least going into it maybe a week ago, when you touched down in Atlanta, uh, even on our flight from Nashville to, to Atlanta, uh, was filled with Patriots fans. You land Patriots fans everywhere in the airport. You go out and you see people walking down the streets, Patriots fans. At the stadium was easily 80-20, and that may be generous for Rams fans. It could have easily been 90-10. Yeah. And it was all Patriots fans all the time, everywhere. We probably had in just our section out of you know 40-something rows of people, I would say probably – 10 Rams fans throughout the whole, just our section. And it was just Patriots fans everywhere. And when they were on third down on defense for the Patriots, they were the NFL or the stadium, whoever was in charge of, you know, choosing music and choosing the chants. They were getting the Patriots fans riled up to no end and to make noise. And it was deafening. It was, then when the Rams happened, they didn't really – they kind of did something, but it wasn't to the effect of what the Patriots did. I mean, they're talking about playing music. They're they're putting it up there. This is a Patriots third down on defense, and they put it up on the screen. For the Rams, they didn't really do any of that. Mm. And it was, it was such an atmosphere that the fans, the fan attendance there, they didn't need help. But they got help a lot on d- those third downs. Does that not strike you as odd? I, I think the Rams odd. are listed as they the were home, the home team, team. Yeah, yeah, technically. I, I mean, let's just throw it out there and be unfair as shit. From a fan base here with the Tennessee Titans that we are constantly having to deal with, forty percent of the opposing fan base taking over our stadium. Could you imagine if the Titans organization, again, I'm going out on a limb here, would you imagine the Titans organization was like, man, Charlotte Eagles fans here, fuck it. We're going to start putting yeah. up graphics for the Eagles for third down or to get them hyped up or something. That seems yeah. – It was so odd. and, and it I, made weird me, to me. It made me comment to to Lauren, and I'm looking at her and go, man, they, they really want to get this Patriots crowd riled up and in this game, and even though they're already in it, they, I mean they're they're helping them out. I mean it was something that I just noticed from a 
I had no rooting interest in this t- in the fan in this game. Mm-hmm. I rooted for the Rams, and we can get into whether that's the correct thing to do as a Titans fan or not. I think it doesn't really fucking matter. Mm-hmm. But I was just kind of rooting for the Rams for because I think McVeigh and I just kind of like McVeigh and stuff. But I really didn't care. I enjoyed the game, and it was it was a pro Patriots in every in, in production. Yeah. The the little snippets before the game where they're you know trying to get you hype up about weeks you know they did this uh, seventeen weeks of NFL, a lot of it was Patriots highlights and not a lot of Rams highlights. Patriots got the the favored film crew and all the stuff the film clips. It it was it was odd. It, I'm not saying that the NFL wants the Patriots to win, but they obviously had some inkling or foresight to know that. This is gonna be a Patriots Super Bowl as far as the fans in attendance, and they yeah. wanted to cater to the fans that paid and showed up. Yeah, and it was Patriots fans that paid and showed up. I mean, that's just weird to me. Yeah, well, I mean, Rams fans kind of don't exist right now. I mean, they alienated all the St. Louis fans when right. they left, and the LA fans have known this team for two years now, and or three years, whatever it's been. Yeah, and LA's. L.A. doesn't give a shit, honestly. I mean, let's be honest. The the Super Bowl rating in L.A., if you looked at it, the rating in L.A. versus the rating in the entire U.S. is basically the same. Like, L.A. doesn't care any more or less about that Super Bowl than they would about any other Super Bowl. It was just kind of, hey, we're in the Super Bowl, whatever. You know, yeah. like, certainly people I don't think were... I, flying across the country to go see them. I read a really good tweet today that said that... <laughs> Rams fans are going to be really disappointed when they come in off the beach and get some avocado toast this afternoon to find out that the Rams lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, uh, so, no, I agree with you because I look. You can we can argue this on another podcast about the Rams market. The NFL's taking two teams there. I think it's just sheer it's numbers in the in the city area that they're going to be able to pull eighty thousand fans to fill a stadium and a couple of million to watch the games on the weekends. But I agree with you. Rams fan is a little scattered right now i i highly doubt there's any more than a five to ten percent carryover from st louis considering how awful the nfl ripped that out like a third world country ripping your kidney out leaving you in a bathtub of ice root against them yeah know? oh yeah i'm sure most of st louis was about like new orleans yesterday just indifferent to the game probably protesting in the street well hell mm-hmm. new orleans that did they even watch the super no Bowl? Uh, they I had mean, the lowest rating yeah. they had the lowest rating like one of the far. lowest ratings in the nation i was actually impressed by that go yeah. go like, uh go new orleans they had like a 26 share in new orleans compared to like the average across the country was like 44 and boston i think was the highest at like 57 or 70 or yeah. 60 or something well, what, like a, that. what else it are they gonna do there. go drive an icebreaker <laughs> crab fish <laughs> Work in a break factory. I'm sorry, New England's fans. You can definitely, no, you can definitely tell the people that were like straight up Boston people too. Ugh. And and it's not just because they were in Patriots gear, but it's because they you know had the accent, but they also had the haircuts and and the, the construction the, the tan, overly tanned <laughs> you know skin and it, the, ugl- the ugly wives. Yeah, <laughs> yes, the ugly wives who what try not to be ugly drive. wives. It was it was pretty remarkable to be able to tell people that yeah they're definitely from Boston yeah they're not just Patriots fans they're from Boston so let's let's get into the game a little bit yeah no so I mean yes it was boring but what was what was y'all's big takeaways from I all right 
I'll start off because I uh, look. I cannot stand the Patriots. I don't really try to hide behind that. But my dislike of them is completely irrational because, from an objective standpoint, a Bill Belichick proved last night that he's the greatest coach of all time, and probably will hold on to that long after we're dead. Yeah, I mean, because it's impressive. Think about what he's done to win six different Super Bowls with basically three different iterations of the NFL. The NFL has changed three times since he has started coaching, and he's found a way to adapt, and not only adapt, but dominate. It's sick. It's yeah. it's. I've yeah. got some uh, some Belichick uh, stats here in just a minute. If I have I, the same, yeah, those. I have the same respect slash hate for Belichick that I do for Nick Saban. Because it's like I I really want to find a reason and they, to and you know Saban's from the Belichick coaching yeah. tree, which is just you know. And then there was the whole funny. thing I saw today where Saban's never won a championship in the same year that that uh, Belichick has and yeah. vice versa. But no, I have the same dislike, but nothing to back it up for both of those. And actually, I respect the hell out of both of them. I love watching Saban coach. I love watching Belichick coach. I can't stand either one of them, but if I met them, I would immediately go into like puppy dog mode, like, hi, how are you? Can we talk about football? Can I, I just sit here and look at you? I but no, I, I really, it's it's impressive. And then the second part of that is, as much as I can't stand the guy with Brady, uh, there's no doubt about it. He's uh, not only a first ballot Hall of Famer, but probably the greatest NFL player of all time. I, I don't know if you'll ever see a and I think uh, Big Mike said this in, in a separate chat, but think how lucky we are. We had the Jordan-era Bulls, and now we have the Tom yeah. Brady Patriots. And the, the and technically, you can include some Warriors. of the Yankees, yeah. you know, if you wanted yeah. to, yeah, some of the Yankee teams. Late 90s Yankees teams yeah. were really good. We'll never see sports dominance like that, and and it's something that you always talk about. My my hate for the Patriots is just fatigue at this point. It's just that I'm just tired of it. It's not that I have a particular dog in the fight. Uh, you know, if the Titans play them, then yes, I want them to lose. But, I mean, let's be realistic here. They're the best fucking team in the NFL almost every year. And it's just – and they do it with, you know, coaches that leave. And those coaches are not going to be successful. And players leave. And those players – happen to be not successful at their next stop. I mean, it's it's very rare. I think Malcolm Butler is probably the closest Patriots fan or Patriots player to leave and actually be successful and he wasn't successful for the first 8 weeks of of the season for us and when you really think about it and then all these coaches that leave him like Brian Flores is going to the Dolphins. How many defensive coordinators including Dean Pease and Romeo Crennel and all that have left to try to and look at Matt Patricia have left, and they don't make it as a head coach. I mean, Dean Pease was never a head coach, uh, but I mean, they leave and they don't do anything. And here, Brian Flores is going to the Dolphins, and Adam Gase went to the Jets, and you're just thinking, Patriots are going to win again next year. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo no, is technically the closest team that's probably going to be able to beat them. I mean, when you think about it, and you have, you have it no depends doubt. on if you think Darnold's going to be a guy. Well, or yeah, but you got to you know also. Hope Adam Gase is a good That's head coach true. too, and not too fucked up on Molly. Yeah, yeah for not too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, strung out on GHB or whatever. But like doing. what you said is, it's it's completely irrational. But you can hate someone and still respect them, and yeah. that was my thing. Is that okay? I'm I'm tired of seeing the Patriots. It's just because I do know that they're that good doesn't mean that I want to see them. 
they're, constantly. They're phenomenal. And Belichick, to, to give some perspective of how great Belichick has really been, he's been the Patriots coach for 19 years now. So since 2000, he was hired on. That first year in 2000, they went 5-11. and 11. They haven't had a single losing season since. They've Jeez. gone 18 straight years with a with a winning record, which is absurd. You know, the Titans have done it three years in a row, and we're all like, whoa, it's the greatest uh, run in Titans, uh, Titans history. Um, but so they've never had a losing season since 2000. Um, they are 225 and 79 uh, over the, the 19 years in the regular season. The next closest team over that time period is the Steelers, and they're 197 and 105. So the Patriots could go 0 and 16 next year, and the Steelers could go 16 and 0, and the Patriots would still have a 10 game lead on the you know best record of the, the last two decades. Um, Belichick has now appeared in more Super Bowls than any franchise. In NFL history. <laughs> um, well, that means Tom Brady has too, right? Yeah, he has, yeah. It's uh, incredible. The Patriots have a plus 187 turnover margin over the last 19 years. Uh, the next closest team has a plus 84. Oh They're 103 God. turnovers better than the next closest team over that time frame. Who One is? of these seasons, it's going to fall apart. <laughs> Brady's well, going to turn it over 20 times we, a game next year. Remember when we all said that? We were all starting to believe that hype. Actually, no, that is the sick part. Think about that. Their offense could turn it over 20 times a game next season, and they still have, what, 18 turnovers to go? Yeah, I mean, it's like completely – and turnovers are historically extremely random. Like, they are not sustainable from year to year, and yet somehow the Patriots are the only team to figure out how to make it – we just never turn the ball over. I mean, the the they have the fewest turnovers of any team in the NFL since 2000 by like uh, almost 50 turnovers. They've only turned it over 386 times. The Houston Texans, who didn't exist for the first three <laughs> years or first two years of this run, have were are second in the least turnovers, and they're like 50 behind them. Jeez. So. It's just completely insane. They've got a plus 460 uh, – or no, I'm sorry. Uh, they have – they've scored 8,303 8, points, which is 460 better than the second closest team. And they've also allowed the third fewest of any team over that time period. So they have the third best defense and the first best offense by like almost 10%. In, in that time period, uh, you know, obviously they've won 16 division titles um, and they are averaging a margin of victory in the regular season of nine points per game. So and so let's think about this from a, a business perspective. Robert, if, if you Belichick's accomplishments aside, like what Zach was just listing with the players leaving and it's always the ne- it is the ultimate next man up. I mean, they will discard players. Short of Brady, they will just straight up discard almost any and every player on their team, and the next person up seems to find a way to perform. That, to me, already speaks to the absolute genius that Belichick is. But from a business perspective, Belichick and Brady have done Robert Kraft a service that any CEO, president, you name it, would sacrifice children to have. He bought the team in '94 for 175 million, and it's worth 3.8 billion today. Yeah. And that is 100 percent due to what Belichick and Brady have done on the field. Yeah. That's unbelievable. 
Yeah. What a return on investment. It's incri- it's absolutely incredible to think that he bought such a struggling team that was very garbage. If you're old enough to remember how bad the Patriots, they were bad, bad. Yeah. yeah. And they're worth three points. They're second only to the Cowboys now. Yeah. And, and based on Zach's observation of the Super Bowl, we're going to have to deal with the after effect of Patriots. Patriots fans are going to be the new Cowboys fan. As much as Cowboys fans don't want to hear that, the Patriots, I think the Patriots fandom will outlast this Cowboys thing. We're always seeing Cowboys jerseys everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last 20 years, they've absolutely dominated. And I mean, Belichick is, I think he's the best coach in the history of sports at this point. You know, I I know John Wooden, um, you could make an argument for him, like Red Auerbach, some of those like dominant guys, but those guys were dominant in an era where it was possible to build something without there just wasn't the competition that the NFL has everybody in the NFL is searching for just margins of advantages and just the slightest edge because that's all that's what makes all the difference because everyone's playing under the same salary cap the draft is reverse order of finish so it's it's a league designed to crush the Patriots after you know a, a little run of success but they haven't been able to and yes Brady playing for less than what he's worth has helped them uh, over that time, but Belichick is the the genius behind it all. I mean, I, I I think Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, but I think Belichick is the key to it. I I think oh yes. without Brady, I think you would still have a dominant run from Belichick. But without Belichick, I don't think you would have a this dominant run no. from Brady. And he, I mean, he does stuff like develop Julian Edelman, a, a quarterback from Kent State, into one of the better receivers in the NFL. And I mean, he finds players that nobody wanted or just were overlooked and he develops them and coaches them. And he does the same with his coaches. I mean, he's, he's pulling guys out of nowhere and turning them into coordinators or turning them into head coaches. And it's unbelievable what he's done. And and the fact that he's also their GM and has been for a long time. I mean, he's the best GM in the NFL. So you would argue he's better than Popovich? Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I think I think Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports, and it's not close. It, it, it is. I mean, yeah. I mean you're talking about an Alabama fan who thinks Nick How many Saban times? is a well, god. And I he's right. Bill Belichick is the best, and it's not even close. And, and I'll, I'll say because of this, and I am about to completely talk out of my ass because I know Keith knows basketball much, much better than I do. But to me, it seems like it's much easier to plug and play players in the NBA than it is in the NFL. What, what's the most frustrating thing we talk about on this podcast? To go out and get X name for the team. It yeah. doesn't work. It does not work in the NFL like that. Right. But yet, it does not work like that in the NFL for 31 teams. Yeah, there's a 30 second team that it seems to work no matter what. They'll go get a player, and it's the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots will pick up somebody. We're all like, ah, look at these fucking idiots. What are you gonna do with Leclerc Blood? Oh, you just won the Super Bowl. So, the Patriots find a way to get it done, and it's sick. And that's why I think Belichick's the greatest coach of all time because, or like you said, in any sport, because the NFL has gone out of its way to make it so hard after years of seeing terrible Super Bowls in the 80s and 90s where it's just complete blowouts, the NFL started to seriously try to find a way to somewhat prevent dynasties. Yeah. And the Patriots have found a way. Let me cut you off right there. We're going to take a break real quick, and then we're going to get back to what you're talking about. All right. You were saying the Patriots have found a way to continue dynasties despite 
a system rigged against them. And that's really it. I mean, that's that's kind of how I'll end my thought on Belichick is that Belichick has found a way to dominate in a system that is actively set up to prevent that. And, and he's reinvented the team like multiple times in this run. Like it's not just one system. Like they started off as a defense team where Brady was basically a game manager for the first couple Super Bowls. I mean, he was there to get out of the way and let the running game and the defense just dominate. And that worked for a few years. And then Belichick, without having to fail, reinvented himself on the fly and turned it into a spread passing attack and had the greatest offense in the history of football in, what, 2007, was it? Yeah, the, whenever the, big the Randy year? Moss year was. Um, the Randy, yeah, the Randy Moss-Wes Welker year. Uh, greatest passing offense in the history of football. And then now Brady's starting to get a little bit older, and, and he's still a top-10 quarterback comfortably, I think, but he's not the dominating game-changer that he once was, but – now it's you know a heavy rushing attack again and a, a defense that does just enough to get by and you know he can piece together this with Brady just picking people apart on third downs and I mean they have just they've changed without having to ever fail which is amazing because most teams figure out what works and then they're like well this is our formula we're riding with it teams figure it out take them down and then they usually have to get another job after that because they get fired for for crashing out mm -hmm. Belichick adapts and changes without failing which is his like most amazing trait to me because most people just don't do that you and, know and they, he does it think to do that he does it game to game yeah it's not only does he make team adjustments and personnel adjustments for the season from season to season game to game he comes up with new ways to beat someone or to take away your best player and they even said a couple of days. I remember a player spouted a Patriots player spouted off at one of those press junket things, and he said, "We're going to throw things that Jared Goff has never seen, and he ain't going to know what the fuck to do." And sure enough, the story comes out. They send the defense out with two different plays, and the defense on the fly will line up in one play, then execute the other play. Mm -hmm. So they did it. That's stuff, and it's like you know the uh, Chiefs game where Josh McDaniels in introduced like ten new plays that game that day. Mm -hmm. That's stuff no one else is doing for whatever fucking reason. Nobody wants to do that kind of stuff, and it it works. And to to get to, into the Greg Popovich thing just a little bit, I mean Greg Popovich is, I think, probably one of the better head coaches of the NBA yeah. out there. I mean, that's ever that's ever been there. I, I know there's arguments. You know, you could say, you could for say Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson right? and all this stuff. I don't know. I think Greg Popovich is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, but that's but they also the NBA competes in a postseason where you get seven chances to close right. out a yeah. team. Yeah, this is a single elimination sport, and you it's get one much game. more random. Yeah. It's much more volatile. It, it, that it, way. It, it's like and it's just sixteen said. sixteen yeah. regular season games, and only twelve make the playoffs out of thirty two right. versus what sixteen out of thirty. Yeah. make the playoffs in the NBA. And it's, and it's can, like Lebowski it, said, it's set up for this thin. not to happen. Right. It's the system. The system the NFL has put together. It is set up for this not to happen. And Bill Belichick has just said, "Fuck it. We're going to do things my way." He does know best. He knows better than everyone else. Yeah. And until everybody else wakes up to what he's doing, we as fans know what he's doing. 
these coaches don't. They're so I mean, ingrained, I think, and it's I think they right. do. I just don't think they can do anything about it. I don't think they can do anything about it. I think the, the only is two steps ahead constantly. And that's what. So this is the part. I don't even know that I'm going to be able to vocalize correctly, but this is one of the reasons why I irrationally don't like the Patriots, is because if you're trying, let's say in the world of having social interactions with people, you have a mortal enemy. And if you find a way to get over on that mortal enemy, you have found a way to win that war. There is no winning the war against the Patriots because, mm. okay, how's the only way that you win against the Patriots now? Belichick and Brady are gone. That's it. Yeah. There, but there's no go back well, in erasing I mean, what they've done. I so think Belichick's got to be gone. I mean, he, yes. took, he took Matt Castle to 11-5. and five. He no, took, you make an excellent he point. He took Jacoby Brissett and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for three games to what four and zero oh or yeah. four four games. I think they went four and zero. Oh. Oh I don't even one, think, I don't think they lost. Well, there you go. Yeah, so maybe. I, I mean, the MVP of the Super Bowl just missed the first four games of the season. It seemed to do nothing against the yeah. Yeah. So didn't matter. It's it, literally it is. If you have one good idea in life and you make a lot of money off that. You've done a lot better than probably ninety percent of your peers. Oh, and let's let's talk about his GM thing for a little bit. His being a general manager, and there there is more stuff I want to get into about the Super Bowl as far as not just the city of Atlanta. Maybe yeah. we'll put that in the Titans podcast. Yeah, we need to get but, into MVP. And but like I do want to talk about a couple of things, uh, other storylines that are interesting. But you you said that they would get people, and we'd be like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Like Legarrette Blunt, and then. We're we're the team. Anytime that someone is cut, we're like, <laughs> let's let's get that person. You know who are most of those people that get cut that we want? Patriots players. Like Trey Flowers is a good example. That's someone that we're all wanting. I mean, to get because he's a great pass rusher, but he was developed by Bill Belichick. The these castoffs that they don't sign. Sometimes they don't sign them for a reason, but then they get people like Stephon Gilmore who without Ma- they let Malcolm Butler go because they think they have everything in Stephon Gilmore, and I'm thinking, well, there's no way Gilmore can carry it by himself. Sure as hell, he does. And they just get players, and they get players nobody's heard of. They, Look at how the they Rams— pick up Jason McCourty. Yeah. And McCourty's been—I mean, let's be honest. He was washed up his last couple yeah. years with the Titans, and— Makes a key play He's in the Super Bowl. To a couple of big big plays. He's and, huge. And here's the thing. Look at how the Rams were built. The Rams were built laughing in the face of the cap, in the, in cap space. They just mm-hmm. don't give a shit about the cap space. They signed Indomitian Sue. They signed Brandon Cooks, who was a Patriots cast off. They, they signed, By the way, he yeah. was on the losing team of the last two Super yeah. Bowls somehow. Yeah. Dante Fowler. <laughs> I mean, they signed all these people that trying to build a team – and try to take advantage of the cap space they have with Jared Goff, and they still fell short having all stars almost at every level. It feels like, and yeah. it's it really again, you know, because well, and look at the Patriots, undrafted free agents. I feel like because everywhere. Belichick yeah. finds a way, however he does it, and it'll probably never be explained. He finds a way to get players to completely one hundred percent buy into a system, which at that age with that level of income coming out of college, education levels all over the chart. That's extremely impressive to do. Yeah. Extremely impressive and to do. When is the last time you've ever heard about a Patriots locker room having any kind of problems? The closest we've ever come to it is Gronk and his porn star photos and <laughs> him kind of having a crazy party every and now the and then. And the nutritionist from nutrition. TV12. Yeah. That was yeah. it. There Alex you go. Like That's, that's yeah. so crazy to me that Belichick has 
the wherewithal, the presence in that locker room to be able to say, this is the system, follow it, you're going to get to championship, don't follow it, and you're out of here. And I think Gilmore even talked about that this week or last night after the Super Bowl, someone interviewed him or whatever, and he goes, it's, it's tough to be a Patriot. It's yeah. not easy to be a Patriot because it's hard work. But at the end of the day, you get the wins. Yeah. And sometimes your wins don't feel like wins because Bill Belichick kind of makes them feel like losses. <laughs> and I, I'll do another basketball reference because I had a conversation with a few people where they're all mad. They all think that Kevin Durant's choice to go to the Golden State Warriors is worse than what LeBron did at the, at the Heat. And I said, well, why? I said, they, they just want to win. That's the whole point of playing a fucking sport is to win a game and win championships. If taking less money like Tom Brady has done and means that you are able to build a team and win, that's what you want to do. It's not all about money for a lot of people. And when you're talking about money being, okay, Tom Brady's getting paid $12 million when he could be getting paid $20 million. Okay, Eight million when you get to a certain level is is not that much. It's, and it's even, for us. It's like saying, okay, one dollar. It, it, well, I need I need that extra dollar when for you're $2. married to Giselle and you have all the endorsement deals yeah. that Brady yeah. has. Too, and, and, you know? and, I mean, that's but you exactly get the wins, yeah. and that's exactly that's what yeah, matters. Is, is because past look, you want to cash out now and take a big paycheck. Good for you, but at the same time, you want to take less, win Super Bowls, and bank on that for the rest of your life. This man could do all the Pepsi, Isotona, whatever commercials he wants for the rest of his life. Yeah. Never have to work again. Why? Because he produced on the field and, and took a pay cut and bought into Belichick's system. And yeah. Belichick is the king of get a Super Bowl ring with us. But Belichick also has the, the foresight to think past the current players he has. Yeah. He doesn't Self- get sentimental about it. Bingo. Doesn't he get just- sentimental about it. And, and even to the point where I think – as much as the media cannot stand that he won't speak to the media, it's all about competition. He doesn't want to give any quarter yeah. to anybody else in the league knowing what he's doing. I really, truly think that's why he's never said anything and never will say anything about Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. A, because I think Malcolm Butler did something stupid and fucked up his chance to play in the Super Bowl. So Malcolm Butler will eventually speak about it if he wants to or not. But Belichick is never going to speak about it because he doesn't want to give any sort of inch to anybody of how his mind works and his game plan, even if he's just admitting that Malcolm Butler did X and Y and that's why I sat him, you know, just doesn't want to do it. We, we've been some chatty Cathy's Keith. Keith, Mm -hmm. what was one of your takeaways from the Super Bowl? I think, uh, I think that we're in the golden age of punting, and we haven't stopped and looked around. (laughs) Well, we should not have let Keith talk. (laughs) Well, I also got some strong Johnny Hecker takes. Let me, let me say this going off your punting thing. I think he, or uh, I was going to say Heath Slater, but... Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Slater. Uh, yeah, whatever. Slater? The Pats. Yeah. For the Pats, he had a tremendous game he last was, night. He I was. was glued to everything that he did off their punt returns, or their, not punt returns, uh, punt, punt coverage. coverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he was really golden good. age of punting. I'm with you. Golden age of punting, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brett well, Kern is going to be thrilled. What yeah. was the longest punt? 65. That's 65 is, yeah. And that's yeah. the longest punt in Super Bowl history. Which yep. seems kind of crazy because I'm pretty sure Kern's had a few 70 yarders. Yeah. But not so. in Super you hit, Bowl. You hit that bounce Bowl, right, you yeah. can get him. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was, it was insane. It was basically a punt <laughs> off, like everybody said. Also, it was it, it was a good wake up call for me, considering the fact that I hang out with you guys who are all, you know, fanatic about football and love the minutiae of it. But it was also just a a huge flashing reminder that 
people do not like defense. No. <laughs> no. The general public hates what we saw. Um, they want an offensive shootout. They want they want the, last the year's Super Bowl. They want the Chiefs Saints game or whatever that was. Um, it it would have been more fun. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but you know, it, you're you're right. The general public does not appreciate. A defensive game. Well, and, and this defensive game was not even yeah. exciting among defensive games because That's true. they the two teams combined for five sacks and two turnovers. Like it's yeah. not like it was more. Aaron Donald was out there just dominating, and yeah, you know, Stephon Gilmore's making these crazy plays. Like he had a couple pass breakups and a, that one interception. Right. Goff just, I mean, gifted. No, him. It, yeah, that's but. that was my ultimate problem with what I was watching and what people were getting on me to on Twitter today. It was how could you say it was boring? I could say it was terrible. All right, well, I'll walk back the terrible part, but I'm not going to walk back the boring part because yeah. it wasn't just that it was a defensive slug. It was that the Rams had no life other than on defense. Yeah. They, they weren't allowed to have life. No. That's that's what yeah. one of the t- takeaways, you know, that's not my main takeaway, but... The Rams they, didn't get inside the 28. Yeah. That's insane. They didn't get inside the red zone. I Mc, never McVay, felt like they were threatening. No. Yeah, McVay admitted not. it. He admitted it. He got... Out coached, yeah. for sure. and it it's shown. I mean, it it was. It, you're you're right. I mean, I understand why people would call it a boring game. I'm never going to say that it wasn't boring. Again, I was live, so it wasn't boring to me. But I could definitely see how it would be on TV. Yeah. the The game itself, I mean, totally outclassed. And one of my my biggest takeaway that I found myself asking and even sending texts about was the lack of Todd Gurley yeah. and now that's come wrong. out that well now that's come out that for two months he's been playing on a break somewhere in his leg. Wait, did, is that did that when did that come out? That came I out didn't today. Did you not see that? I didn't, that I didn't see it either. I think it got I, shared in the group that it was about uh he's been playing in about Because a he gave break. like a twenty minute press conference last night and refused yeah, to even what, admit he was injured, right? Yeah, he said he wasn't injured and then every all the Rams have been saying he wasn't injured and no, I mean that that's uh he's obviously if, injured though. If he if he was injured, the Rams might have to dock some draft picks because they he was not on the injury report. Right, this week. right. Yeah, and he, that is really <laughs> bad news for the Rams if he actually was it? Yeah, I swear I saw a tweet that someone shared somewhere that. It, Where'd you he, get? Did you get all that off that brat bart? Was was it the Onion? I saw said, it on Info like, Wars. Oh, my knee's gonna be fine and won't require surgery. Oh, here it is. I can't. This is on NFL.com. I kind of had a break, low key, the last two months. Oh, oh no. no, no. He's talking about a break uh, as an arrest. I thought he meant break yeah. as a knee oh, injury. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, I no, think we, we got to roll back the breaking news music yeah. we put in over that. Da, 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 but, but no, from all reports, he was fine. And even like if you look at well, the NFL everything next that I was gen say, stats, man. like like you were talking about, he was the he he was the fastest ball carrier in the game last night. I mean, he had the fastest like speed. Uh, I didn't understand why he wasn't playing more and why they insisted on the CJ. And I, I thought CJ Anderson has played well. He did not play well last night. Todd Gurley scored you 17 fucking touchdowns this year, and you're not going to use them? In a game like that where you can't get anything going, like you need the guy that, hey, anytime he touches the ball, he might break one and go. I mean, I would just keep looking at Lauren and go, I I can't believe Todd Gurley's not playing. Like, he's their best running back. Ten carries. I mean, That's that's unheard of. In a close game. Yeah, Yeah. he he was your your best offensive player. Yeah. I mean, I'm sending texts to Mike, and I'm like, Hey, uh, is there some big news that I'm not aware of of what's going on with Todd Gurley? It was weird because too. then he the, and as soon as I, I sent that, he's in it for like two or three yeah. 
uh, drives in a row or two or three plays in a drive, and I'm thinking, he looks great. And then they take him out and put C.J. Anderson in. And they had the sideline reporter at some point come out and say something about, oh, he was stretching or something like that, and he had limped off the field or whatever. But then, I mean, it's just something doesn't make sense. Something's not adding up. I don't right. know what it is. I mean, if he's hurt, the Rams are playing with fire because if it ever gets out, they're going to lose a draft pick, yeah. basically. I mean, uh, that's why I, I kind of think he's not hurt, but I don't know what the issue is. You just he, Didn't they just pay him like 30? Wasn't this the offseason? $45, they paid him $45 million, million guaranteed. Dollars, yeah. And you're yeah. not going to put your best – without Cooper Cup there – He's your best offensive oh, player. Oh, he's your best offensive player even when Cup's there. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I mean, you also felt Cup's presence not being there in the sure. slot. Oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah. the fact that you're not using Todd Gurley is was just my – and I thought, okay, they're he, not using Todd Gurley these last few weeks leading up to the Super Bowl because they're resting him. We know that he's kind of nursing an injury. They're resting him. And then it comes out the day of that they're, they're going to split Kev- carries pretty evenly. And I'm thinking, Why? When McVeigh said something about, oh, I want to get him as much work as possible. I want him to be the MVP of the game. Yeah, and then it changed. Yeah, and, and it's it's very strange. And I, I wish I, – I kind of feel like it's almost the same thing as the Malcolm Butler thing last year. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously what I was about it's to say. not completely as drastic as he just didn't play a whole a snap. But 10 snaps – I mean, Bill Simmons, I think, it made the point be. on his podcast today about, like, this would be like if the Rockets – played and lost game seven of the NBA finals and James Harden played 18 minutes right. like but there was no explanation for why I mean there, they can't there can't be any financial play that they're like okay we got a lot out of CJ Anderson are we going to try to offload Todd Gurley I mean are they already regretting the contract I don't know I mean I would kind of be regretting the contract, but then, then again, but I the, just hate but then hate again you backs. play CJ Anderson for the majority of the time in the Super Bowl and look where that got you yeah I don't. I just don't understand it. I mean, does Todd? I mean, if Todd Gurley, let's say that he played his usual workload, chance. What do you think that the chances that they win the game is? I, I mean, do you I th- still that think that they lose? I think they still lose. But do you think it's maybe a it's different game? It's got to be closer. Maybe. You, you I mean, he didn't say do that a ton. C- yeah, but you can't say he that had, CJ he averaged three point five yards per carry. That's when he a was first in down, there. though. Three. Well, three point five yards per carry is not good, though. It's not good, <laughs> but. I like, mean, what was C.J. Anderson averaging, though? I mean, he didn't look like he was uh, making that much of I an don't impact. Know what his and they were, were but they weren't they, good. Because Todd Gurley is also a factor in the passing game where yeah. Jared Goff can't, yeah. you know, get out of his own or can't have time to make a play. And he's having to do screen passes or right. passes in a flat to C.J. Anderson. I mean, what good is that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You, you can hit have to on think, wheel routes in that all day. I, so I have to think that there is something that we're not aware of about Todd Gurley, whether it's off the field or they're thinking about trading him. But I, I think they, even if they're thinking about trading him, they may they, they're awful, sabotaging awful their own move. value. I can, yeah. I can only yeah. think of three logical reasons. Okay. Here. Because why? Okay. Let's focus on, why he's let's focus on him not being in there and who is in there for him cj anderson you don't bring in cj anderson unless you have a problem with Gurley, yeah. right right did he have any kind of decreased workload or or effectiveness leading up to cj anderson coming in i mean he he had the knee that was i mean they weren't even playing john kelly a lot and john kelly so is a more dynamic running back or at least i assume so to me it's one of three things a it's an injury and they're lying about it which is a problem B, they discovered some kind of off-the-field issue and suddenly benched him thinking the worst, like um, 
cream uh, hunt. Like a cream hunt like situation, cream hunt. yeah. Or C, it was a PED thing that maybe he popped positive for a piss test with them. And the, did the NFL catch it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, mm. I can only think it's a scenario to where it's injury-related or some sort of in-the-locker-room, off-the-field issue to where they just were trying to get ahead of the game. It's definitely weird. It, so either they it, were, it was a either, big takeaway for yeah. me at that game was the lack of Gurley and how I feel that it had to Sean McVay's made some weird game. choices, but I don't think he goes that. I don't think he goes full retard for, you <laughs> I mean, know, he for went, no reason. I mean, yeah, he went yeah. full retard, I mean, for a reason. And I, I don't... I don't know. I don't really care what the reason was unless he was seriously worried about Gurley's health. Surely it's when, not a advanced statistics like Yeah, I mean, you went, we hold him back because games, we're afraid he's going to get injured. If, if he got not, drunk it's not and, the time to and hold him back. He yeah. went and did something bad drunk. It to me, if I'm a coach and nobody knows about it yet, He's gonna fucking play that I game. I hope it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe that makes well, me a bad and it's person. It's a weird half measure. If yeah. You're, yeah. If you're gonna do something about it, suspend then him. Bench suspend him or him. suspend him. Don't play him ten snaps. Right. As if and if that it makes comes it out that there's something in it, then you just wasted your time anyway. By if he's gonna get suspended next year, what's the fucking point in not hope, getting the most out of him I this year? I, I hope know? it comes out that it's some kind of. Southeast Asia gang that has something on every single head coach or owner. The Yakuza. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! So now that now they're just exercising their picks every year. Somebody comes to Belichick last year and said Malcolm Butler. Okay, fine. <laughs> He's out. We're sitting him. He sits. Somebody comes to Sean McVay halfway through the season. Todd Gurley or your kids. Okay. <laughs> so fine. we got we got Bill Belichick's greatness. Yeah. The the punter. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. punt, the, the 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 new era of punting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the Todd Gurley storyline. What what's yours, Big Mike? Uh do you think the right person won MVP? No. Should have been a punter. <laughs> Easy question. Could have been hey, listen, I wouldn't have been surprised, and I'm gonna bring this up again. I wouldn't have been surprised if Slater had won it. I oh, really God. wouldn't have for whatever reason. I just kind of felt I'm, it. I'm the shithead who says you give it to the entire defense. Uh, I don't like participation trophies, but High Tower you divide, had, you divide that up between the defense. High Tower had a hell of a game, but Edelman was just he was constantly open. How yeah. could you not? It it's just one of those things in a boring game. No, you're uh, right. The most exciting person was Edelman. Yeah. And, the mo- and he has the stats to back it up. Well, and yeah. that's you, why. If you're going to go by the, the, the letter of the law here, yeah. the most valuable player for the Patriots that night, the only person who basically produced any offense. Right. Because Tom Brady didn't. No, nah, so, Tom Brady so, was not. I mean, very I could good. see Dante Hightower. I, I could see Hightower. I could see Gilmore. Yeah. I could see a stretch, but Jason McCourty had two of the biggest plays of the game. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, know. do you think that Edelman Ryan won? Allen. What was that? Ryan one? the punter Allen. At Ryan uh, Allen. I mean, do you think Edelman was <laughs> the I right was call? I worthy. I, I, live, I felt like Edelman should have been the pick. After I went back and thought about it a little yeah. bit more, I thought Gilmore or Hightower probably could have uh, easily been. Hightower probably had his best game of the whole year. Yeah, I mean, he had two th- sacks. Coming he from was a, just generally yeah. everywhere. Coming from the uh, the the space of you want everybody, you know, sign everybody. Hightower is one of those guys I wanted us to sign. Yeah, me too. And we didn't get him. And then I, I was kind of o- that we did sign him. Y- yeah, and I was kind of <laughs> okay that we didn't sign him because I mean it was kind of a subpar year by high tower standards and then well, and he gets into the playoffs and it's a whole nother level then he gets into the super bowl and he was he was everywhere so i wasn't surprised that edelman got it yeah where there were other people that 
you know, could be in discussion, but I think Edelman was, I think Edelman by the standards of today's society of what constitutes a good player yeah. and good player equals good stats. That yeah. was the right call. So I yeah. think this just proves that there will never be a Super Bowl MVP on the defensive side of the ball ever again. You don't think so ever? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there could have been. I think if you if Gilmore had taken that pick back to the house, I think you get it to Gilmore. Yeah. I, I think you have to score a defensive touchdown, basically, or do something insane like get four or five sacks yeah. or you know three interceptions Scar- or something. Scarnecki should definitely have maybe got MVP as well because once That's again, he – what Aaron Donald got one sack, I think. No, Sue, he nope. didn't even have a sack. Sue he had got, one quarterback Sue, I think Sue got the sack. Or was no, it the sack was, uh, fumble? They, John John Franklin Myers got gotcha. the sack. Well, they called Dante Fowler on the stadium that he caused the fumble, but I thought yeah. Sue caused the fumble when I looked at it up um, on the screen. Yeah, I know, I know Sue was pretty active. Donald, I barely noticed, which yeah. was amazing. Um, but once again, that's what I told y'all last week, and I said y'all all said, "Oh, the best thing to do is beat him, beat him up the middle." I was like, I don't know if they're going to beat him up the middle there. because, and they were like, Aaron Donald's a different player, one quarterback hit. I just want you all to know yeah. that the Skarnicki Express did not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, it, he was fantastic, and um, it's pretty amazing because they controlled the ball on the ground too. Sony Michelle yeah. had a really good game. Um, He's someone that could have got been an MVP discussion. Him or Gronk. Gronk had probably the two biggest plays in the passing game as far as the ones that led to points. Cause he had that little wheel route um, yeah. early in that drive. And then obviously the scene. Oh yeah. Oh my the, God. That got him to the that one. one where that got him to the one. I was like, well, it's that over at that, at that point. Yeah. That was the play that I knew that the Patriots were going to win. Yeah. This yeah. Game. That was it because they had so much going up against them when he missed that. Uh, Gustavski missed that field goal. Yeah. And, when they couldn't convert on all these third downs. Brady with that random interception on the first drive. Like it it was crazy. When the Todd Gurley run was called back for holding. Yeah. That was was the biggest offensive. And that was a bad call. It was a bad call. call. I I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole in this because I know we've been talking for like three hours now, but um, the refs went from fucking up the NFC championship game to, we're just going to let them tackle each other like it's 1982 out here. <laughs> well, they did call a play on Nicole, uh, Roby Coleman that was totally a makeup call because in the oh, season, yeah, Patriots sure. fans were talking uh, about yeah, it. They're like, yeah. it's, I think it's on the first drive. I yeah, mean, yeah, Brady yeah. got slung to the ground by Donald. Yeah. yeah there was, People um, were getting popped out of bounds. Yeah, golf got hit. I thought that was the right call to not call that. was that a good no that, call. Uh, Someone uh, threw a baby thing. on the field. Did you all not see that? <laughs> yeah. no, but, <laughs> I saw it from the stands. The, there was a clear it just, pass. It was crying the whole way down. Who was it? Gilmore. I think Gilmore got his hand in there against against Cooks on that ball towards the end zone that yeah. should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, that was definitely pass interference. Right. So, they, I mean, yeah, they let, them, they let them play. I prefer for them to err on the side of letting them play than turning it into no, a flag, I agree. flag festival. But, I agree. Um, yeah. I agree. And we'll get into it some other time, but it just that's that's what drives me nuts about the NFL yeah. officiating. It's, a, it's horribly inconsistent. Yeah. Horribly consistently inconsistent maybe like corn uh, syrup just like us <laughs> thanks for listening efforts uh we appreciate you guys and would like to ask you a small favor please rate and review us and tell us how super we are uh and uh that'll help very other. fucking super yes. by the way. that'll help other people find the pod uh visit our sponsors and visit music city miracles for all your football titans news we are football and other f words and you've just been effed 
Be on the lookout for a special bonus episode this week. Bonus! Bonus time! We're going to talk all corn syrup. <laughs> all the corn, corn syrup, syrup mystery episode. All the time. Hey, where the hell's Todd? Why, why are you in the bathroom pouring out Bud Light? <laughs> it's water. I'm pouring out water. I'll be back in there in a second. <laughs> it's a political statement. <laughs> Hang on. Sharon's taking a dump. That'd have been awesome if he was pouring it, and then all of a sudden you hear a toilet flush, and his <laughs> wife just like comes pulling up her pants. <laughs> <laughs> Big corn. <laughs>